0: You're listening to The People's Podcast.
1: I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another.
0: This is JSC Radio. I don't want to hear people dare to clutch pearls and take umbrage to being called racist or prejudiced for supporting him. Members of the Ku Klux Klan Members of white supremacist groups were literally taking victory laps around the country today. Men like David Duke, and I use the term man very loosely to describe him, were cheering. The Ku Klux Klan, the Ku Klux Klan endorsed this man multiple times they were doing robocalls for him in the South. But you're gonna sit here and tell me that just because I support Trump doesn't make me racist. Yes, it does. Because the only thing worse than someone being an outward racist is someone who's willing to look the other way. You're listening to The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls children of all ages hey now miss me i'm here because my name is jay scott smith and this is the 88th episode of the people's podcast this is j s c radio hey now how's everyone doing Yeah, been a second. Got a little explaining to do, but first and foremost, first things first, Man, you effing with the worst. I wanna thank each and every one of y'all for your continued support of the show because I've been peeking at the at the, logarith- the algorithm, logarithm? Whatever the hell they call that thing. I've been peeking at it and uh, I've been getting a hell of a lot of love on this show lately from all over the world. I'm not just talking about here in the United States. I'm talking about the UK and Canada and Japan. And yes, even in the Middle East, I'll have a little something to say about that later on in the show. Even in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia and in Egypt, Man, I'm getting love out there in Thailand and out in Bangladesh, down in South America and Ecuador, out in Spain. And I know who you are listening out there in Spain. Thank you very much. I want to shout out each and every one of y'all who supports this show across all the different podcast providers. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, along with SoundCloud and Stitcher, Google Play and TuneIn, Radio Public and Audio Boom, and of course... want to shout out each and every one of y'all who subscribe and listen on Spotify and iHeartRadio. If you haven't noticed in the last couple of weeks and really the last three weeks since I've been gone, again, I'll get to that in a second, three weeks I've been gone, the YouTube page is up and running. And it already has three videos up there of three of our more popular interviews featuring the interview from episode 85, which is still just setting record numbers. Episode 85 with Brittany Noble, the entire unedited interview is up on YouTube right now, as is the interview with Michelle Sahin and Melissa DePino from episode 80. And I had to throw it back to earlier this year when I talked to Jasmine Duke and her dad about their book. I'm black and I have a dad lift. Get your shit together. The YouTube page is up and the link is in the description. Go check out and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button, as I think the YouTubers like to say. Expect to not only have content from previous shows on there, but I'm working on getting exclusive YouTube-only content in the near future up on the page. So thank you, damn it, thank you. You can follow me on social media, at J. Scott Smith, on Twitter, that's J A Y S E 2 S-M-I-T-H, am verified, original on the Twitter machine. I am also, of course you can follow the show at JSC Radio on Twitter. I am on Facebook at real J Scott Smith. Verified there too. Original. And I don't give a damn what you say Instagram. You're gonna verify me. I'm at J Scott Smith as well. So yeah. Where the hell have I been? This has been a difficult run of things. Things are difficult in this country as a whole for a variety of reasons. I'll I'll hit on that as we go in this segment here. But yeah. Trying to figure out uh what's next for me overall. Clearly, the show is not going anywhere. That's not what this is. This show is not going anywhere. I, I that's that's never been up for question, never up for debate. We are gonna keep pushing and smashing through this thing because this show is what keeps me whole. You guys love it, you guys dig it. It's getting more and more traction. We're finally getting some ads on here. It's getting some eyes and some ears on the proverbial brand. So don't worry. This isn't some announcement the show's going anywhere. I'm only at episode 88. We're getting into at least triple digits. We're we're, we're just getting started when it comes to this. But I mentioned this year has been difficult for me in a multitude of ways. And it's made the show a little less consistent than it once was. And to that, I apologize to you guys. Because you deserve to have me be a lot more consistent on this show. You deserve to hear a lot more of this show. It's just been very hard lately. Financial issues. Issues with employment. Issues with just keeping things moving. Keeping the internet going. It's tough. It's tough. And anybody who's a podcaster gets it. See, I'm not walking around here with a podcast company with a without some major company bankrolling me. I'm not out here in a high-profile, high-tech studio. I do all this from a computer and a mixer board and a microphone and a couple extra things that help me get some of the sound pulled for you. And I've been doing it this way from the very beginning. And if it were up to me, I would largely keep doing it this way. I would just have, you know, a little extra money thrown in there. That's why I hope you support whatever ads you hear on this show. That's why I would love for you to jump on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash JSC Radio. That's why I need you to support YouTube Start getting some monetization, some money flowing in on that shit, too. Because I'm going to keep doing this show. That's for damn sure. But I want to make sure it's done a lot more consistently. For you, I owe each and every one of you guys that. Because, as you heard there in the intro, there's so much for this show to talk about. This started off ostensibly as a sports show. And yes, the topic of sports will be breached in the second half of this show. We're not going to have too much fun, unlike the last episode, unfortunately. But another thing that's been happening in the last few weeks, really the last 10 days to two weeks, has just been the goddamn madness that has happened in this country. I tried to warn you two years ago. That was almost exactly two years ago. That clip you heard was from November 9th, 2016. Episode 23, the day after. Yes, that will be going up on the YouTube page eventually. But... I tried to warn you, and I referenced it even in the uh, episode 85. We tried to warn you as black writers, as black journalists, as black people, people of color, Latino journalists as well. In the summer of 2016, the National Association of Black Journalists Convention did a joint convention with the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. There was a whole lot of black and brown floating around in Washington, D.C. And at the time, we all knew what was up. And we've been trying to tell you motherfuckers exactly what was up if he were allowed to become president of the United States and his minions were allowed to infect the government. Well, now, after two years, you've seen that. Just in the last two weeks alone, not even the last two weeks, really the last 10 days alone, we've had a dude who was a loud vociferous Trump supporter sending pipe bombs to prominent members of the Democratic Party as well as a major news network, CNN. They caught him a week ago in Florida living out of a van slathered in Trump stickers and Trump paraphernalia. 24 hours later, At a synagogue in Pittsburgh, on the other side of the state of Pennsylvania, about a four-hour, five-hour trip by car from Philadelphia, an anti-Semite white supremacist walked into a synagogue and murdered 11 elderly people while they were praying. Two days prior to that, in Louisville, Kentucky, a white supremacist attempted to storm a black church during a Bible study, similar to what happened in Charleston. He attempted to storm a black church, but when he was stopped from doing so because the doors were locked and there was security, he went down the street to a Kroger. And those of us who are from Michigan know all about Kroger. Went down the street to a Kroger and randomly just shot two black people. Shot a black man in the supermarket itself and shot a black woman in the parking lot putting groceries away. Doing something that so many of us have done so many goddamn times. When confronted by a white man with a gun, the shooter said to him, You have nothing to worry about because whites don't kill whites. The level of racism in this country has always been an issue. This ain't no new shit. Anybody who's black or Latino or Asian, despite the Republicans trying to weaponize the Asians into their favor, whether you're black or Latino or Asian, Native American, just look at what they're doing with voter rights out in North Dakota which of course, coincidentally I'm sure, has a very tight Senate race as we head into the midterms. You look at race in this country, racial discrimination, religious discrimination, the way that Jews have been treated throughout history in this country and the way Muslims have been treated over the last 20 years. You look at the treatment of the LGBTQ, how Donald Trump has, I mean, you notice he says he does this a lot. Whenever he says he loves a section of the population, get ready for him to do some really racist shit to it. How he got up on stage, and had the nerve to say that he would be the most pro-LGBT president ever, and then immediately ban transgender people from the army and is trying to erase transgender from even being described, even being a word, or even being a thing in this country. The level of hatred in this man and in this administration is mind-boggling. It's the type of thing we haven't seen since the 1940s. And we warned you, we all warned you, you didn't listen. We were overreacting we were we we were we were stoking we were the real racists we were needlessly stoking worries when there were no problems i told you in episode 85 i wrote that column out and by the way the column that eventually ran or ran for 2 hours before it got pulled that was the edited version i took out a lot of a lot of shit in there that was the edited version there was a lot of conjecture and things that i removed from it so what you got was the journalistic, cleaned up, ready to go, ready to rock and roll column. And it got pulled two hours later and I was told that it was pulled because it would be seen as offensive to Mr. Trump supporters. Got to hear, We warned you. We warned you. And to see what has happened here, to see that everything we basically told you was going to happen is happening. I take no pride in that. Because we didn't want to deal with this. At the end of episode 23, I said, and this is two years ago, mind you. I said that the biggest date we had to look forward to was not 2020. It's 2018. November 6th, 2018 to be exact. People vote around the country. Because that's the first step you can take to try to fix some of this. Is showing up to vote. Whether you're voting absentee whether you're early voting depending on the part of the country you're in or whether you're like me I'm going to walk my ass up to a polling, a polling place on Tuesday. You Got to do it. Got to do it. No excuse. None of this lame ass oh, but, but they don't really they they aren't they aren't catering to what I want. What about they're not making a big enough deal about climate change. Yes, climate change is important, dingus. But right now, right now, if you're willing to just sit on your ignorant ass and fold your arms and stomp your feet because you're not getting every single thing you want right now, you're as big a part of the problem as anyone else. You need to go vote because the percentage of hate crimes that have gone up in this country precipitously in the last two years, they've been going up over the last six or seven years, but it's really ratcheted up because now the federal government is basically sanctioning a lot of it. The gentleman who decided he wanted to just go randomly shooting black people in Louisville, for example, do you know that they are not going to charge him with a hate crime under their, stat, under their state's hate crime statute. The reason being is oddly, homicides are not included in their hate crime statute in Kentucky. Now that's a little bizarre considering a majority of hate crimes involve killing somebody. You want to know what counts as hate crimes? Lynchings. Mass shootings. Stabbings. Bombings. People tend to die in those things. So let's just say this this clown goes up into that church and repeats what happened in Charleston and kills 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 people. It wouldn't be considered a hate crime because he killed people. What kind of backward shit is that, Kentucky? My man Rex Chapman, he's playing the NBA. He's been loud about this sort of thing too. What the hell is that? Literal hate crimes throughout history include Emmett Till, includes the bombings of churches really across the South, but especially in Alabama, my mother's native Birmingham, Alabama. The history of lynchings in this country is mind-blowing. James Byrd, we're going to get more recent times. James Byrd being dragged behind the car. Matthew Shepard being murdered out in Wyoming. Those are hate crimes, Yet, if this guy had gone into a church and murdered a dozen people because of their race, specifically, wouldn't have counted as a hate crime. This is what has been wrought. This is what matters. This is why voting matters. This is why being civically engaged matters. This is why all you're whining about the Democrats don't give us every single thing we want. Meanwhile, there are Republicans on that side who are just happy to vote for this bullshit that's going on here. You have this President, and I don't like to use the term president to describe him, but you have this president who's so hell bent on keeping power that he's willing to bandy about the idea of getting rid of birthright citizenship. That's the 14th Amendment in the fucking Constitution. Now, mind you, the president can't arbitrarily get rid of anything in the Constitution. Because if that were the case, I would have pretty much gathered that Barack Obama, if he actually had the ability to just nullify, an entire friggin' amendment in the Constitution, he would have actually done it to the Second Amendment. You know, like a lot of you idiots used to run around saying, he's trying to get rid of the Second Amendment. No, he never was. He couldn't do it anyway. It would actually have to take an act of Congress. It would take a constitutional amendment to do so. The reason that the 14th Amendment is there, birthright citizenship is there, is because it was put into the Constitution Following the 13th Amendment, which ended slavery, the 14th Amendment would then make anyone born in the country, including the former slaves, the children of former slaves, it would make them full citizens. It's not a policy, it's a fundamental part of what this country is, and it's not negotiable. If the Second Amendment ain't negotiable, neither is the 13th or the 14th or the 20th or the 22nd or the 1st or the 5th, because if, if you can fuck around with the 14th Amendment, you can fuck around with the 5th Amendment. You can fuck around with the 20th Amendment. You can fuck around with the 13th. You can fuck around with the first as they've been trying to do. It's not that he doesn't simply know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing or he just realizes nobody's gonna stop him because there are no checks and balances. You are the check and balance in this country. Don't just be selfish enough to do it for you. Do it for your whole damn country. Do it for your family. Do it for your future, man. Because I'm sick of how this country is right now. Every day in this country is a new, fresh hell. And a lot of it revolves around that man and his minions in the White House. Stoking fear, creating bullshit, creating boogeymen where there are none, constantly lying. And yes, to my fellow media members, he's lying. These aren't false statements or misleading statements. They're lies. They're lies. Well, we can't tell if it, it, what his true intent is, if you mean to tell me, do you really think this motherfucker believes that this is an invading army? Do you really think he believes that there are a 100 ISIS fighters inside of a caravan full of migrant men, women, and children trying to escape violence in their home country to try to come here to legally seek asylum? Do you think that possibly they're actually not some terrorist Trojan horse or vilifying the media attacking the First Amendment, by the way, hate crimes against the Jews, for example, that's attacking the First Amendment, freedom of religion. This is this is checkers. This ain't chess. And we warned you. We warned you a while ago. I warned you two years ago. Some people were warning you longer ago than that. This is what we're in for. But something's got to give. Something's got to change. The fact that people are so brainwashed that they're willing to try to entertain the notion that this guy, a longtime Trump supporter, somehow was paid by Democrats to send bombs to Democrats. This is what the f- we're up against right now. This is what we're up against. This is where we are. My mother was born in 1943. My dad was born in 1950. They've seen this movie before. It ain't good. So something's got to give. The racism in this country is at a level in my lifetime that I've never seen. Where we are, and I wanna give this this BS about political discourse, why is there no civility? The reason there's no civility is because one side believes in actually attacking others for who they are. You're throwing a whole lot of rocks and then hiding your damn hands, playing innocent when you're the ones who are mainly causing the problem. And it's led by an out of control dude and his equally terrible human beings at work for him. That's fact. And there's a lot of people in a lot of newsrooms who don't have the balls to just come out and say that. We still have news companies that won't say the word lie when this guy very clearly is making things up. You've got journalists being threatened when they go to cover stories. You have journalists being assaulted. You have journalists being killed. Jamal Khashoggi is dead. Jamal Khashoggi was dismembered, murdered in the Saudi consulate in Turkey. And this country actively sought to cover it up. Even as the Saudis themselves were tacitly admitting that, yeah, we killed him. You got goofball down in D.C. saying, well, how do we know they did it? He couldn't even stay on message with the cover up. And WWE, as I'm recording this, is still holding that goddamn pay-per-view crown jewel featuring Hulk Hogan. Go back to episode 82. Talked about his ass, too. WWE, well... Almost everybody's there. John Cena and Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson as I simply call him, ain't there because they, they, they saw how toxic this is. It's just as evident of how toxic everything is in this country right now. And that people are willing to try to look the other way to try to compartmentalize racism. The thing is, racism is not something, it's not a la carte. You can't just pick and choose the things you like, but leave the racism in the buffet. Nope. It's all one big friggin' combo meal. So when you order the number two, you're not only getting the cheeseburgers, you're getting the fries, you're getting the drink, whether you like it or not. Take your pick on which one the racism is. I simply had to get on here and say that because what's gone on the last couple of weeks, I couldn't even really put it into words because I was going to do this last week, but I didn't know how to, how to say this. Where are we? What have we become? When I did that show two years ago, I never pictured it would be this bad. I knew it wouldn't be good. But I didn't think it would be this up. And it is. And good God almighty. Get out and vote. Wherever you are around this country on Tuesday. Leave your dumbass excuses. Your whiny little entitled BS. Leave it at home. And yes I'm talking to you millennials. And I'm talking to you black people. Get over it. You're not going to get everything you want right now. But are you sick of this shit? You've had enough of this shit? Then let's start fixing this shit. Get out and vote. Period. Before we head into part two. I want to shout out the people at Miracle Whip for supporting the show. I can't even segue, really, after after a segment like that. I want to shout out Miracle Whip for supporting the show. Tangy Zip of Miracle Whip. Hit up the whipware, whipware.shop. Use the promo code JSC. You get 10% off of whatever you order. Tell them I sent you. And be sure to support the Tangy Zip of Miracle Whip because they're the first one to really partner up with me and show love. And I'm showing love back to them. So thank you guys so much for your support. And be sure to support them again. Whipware.shop. 10% off your next order. Coming up after this break, we switch gears to sports, sort of. The University of Maryland has had a really, really bad few months and they brought it all on themselves. This week it came to a head and I'm gonna go into how Maryland has managed in a span where the Big Ten has not looked good in any stretch of the imagination, has managed to make themselves look worse than Michigan State and Ohio State. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 88th episode, the double ocho, ochenta y ocho, of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. We'll be back to smash some turtle shells
2: after this. Earlier this week, I made some comments about, about that in a conversation with Chris. I said that the biggest terror threat in this country comes from radicals on the far right, primarily white men. That angered some people. But let's put emotion aside and look at the cold, hard facts. The evidence is overwhelming. The Washington Post, in writing about this today, cites a 2017 report from the Nation Nation Institute's investigative fund. It found that far-right plots and attacks outnumber Islamist incidents by almost two to one. The Anti-Defamation League says that homegrown extremists of all kinds killed at least 372 people in the U.S. from 2007 to 2016. Right-wing extremists were responsible for 74% of deaths. Left-wing extremists were responsible for only 2%. So let me break that down for you even further. Their analysis shows that for every eight deadly attacks by right-wing extremists, there were one by left-wing extremists. Those are the facts. So people who were angered about what I said are missing the entire point. We don't need to worry about people who are thousands of miles away. The biggest threats are homegrown. The facts prove that.
0: You're listening to The People's Podcast.
1: So put that in your pipe and smoke it.
0: This is JSC Radio. Man, do I love
2: card Night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish, that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov.
3: Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
2: Hey now, it's Jay
0: Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS android as well as nook and kendall fire you can take jsc radio anywhere the app is free you can listen anytime anywhere now if you're wondering what stitcher is stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows plus discover 40,000 news entertainment and sports shows such as jsc radio you can create a custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over four million card dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can string your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio, be sure to check it out. You're listening to The People's Podcast.
1: I'm not going to be responsible for what happens next. This is JSC Radio. He should have never been reinstated. They should have moved on. They should have never brought him back. There shouldn't have been what transpired the last 24 hours uh, as it pertains to people you know volleying back and forth some people thinking he should have stayed other people are uh, looking for him to leave the reality of the situation is clear a kid died uh, He's not he didn't kill the kid. He didn't kill Jordan McNair. Okay, and nobody's proclaiming that but uh, He has been accused of negligence of duty uh, The culture the environment was considered toxic. You had some of the players who wanted him gone? As a result of that, the president wanted him gone, and the board of regents not only refused to do so, but basically threatened the president's job. To my understanding, that if he didn't make the call, they would they would let him go. And so, when you have all of that going on, and the public outcry, it being what it is, uh, the reality of the situation is you combine that with the fact that you're six and seven one year, you're four and eight. Another year, you're five and three without him. You're literally asking yourself, "This coach is getting paid two million five hundred and twelve thousand dollars. You got a Big Ten television contract and everything else to consider with the bad publicity and everything else. What the hell is the problem? What's the debate about? The reality is is that he should have never been brought back. But I don't blame him for fighting. If somebody is saying you're responsible for my child being gone, that's something you fight. But if you're saying... You should have acted more expeditiously. You should have done things. You should have been more thorough in terms of in in terms of negligent. It's hard to argue against that. And so sometimes you just got to cut your losses and say, for in the best interest of the program, I don't need to be here. And I'm sorry he didn't do that. He had to be forced.
0: This is the eighty eighth episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back, J. Scott Smith here back at you one more time. Again, want to thank each and every one of you who's been supporting the show across all the different podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, on SoundCloud and Stitcher, Google Play and TuneIn, Radio Public, Audio Boom, and of course, on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Radio. Of course, also, be sure to hit up the YouTube page. I put the link in the description. It's simply a Bitly link. Go to bit.ly slash j SC tube the jsc tube you know like youtube it's just getting started but i'm gonna need every single little bit of thing you can toss on there any view you can give I've got three videos up there now more of them on the way and i cannot do it this show cannot keep pushing on hell i can't keep pushing on without you guys out here. So thank you, damn it, thank you for supporting the show. Big up to my man, Doc Gillingsworth, whose music you hear underneath you coming out of the commercial break. That's off his new album, You're No Fun. It's one of the biggest beat tapes that came out this fall so far. It's super dope. Link in the description to be able to cop that, too, on Mellow Music Group. Shout out to them. And, of course, you can also get it on Bandcamp. So shout out to my man Illingsworth and Awesome Jones, who did the cut you heard at the start of the damn show. Also, big up to my man Chris Pritham for tossing me a track. That's the one you heard going into the break as we were coming out of the last segment. So it's been been active. It's been very active. Sports has been very, very flipping active. The Red Sox won the World Series. Yawn. The NBA season is off and running. The Golden State Warriors look like they're about to be unstoppable this year. In the the last week alone, between Steph scoring 51 points, 52 points, he scored 52 points in three quarters and hit 10 threes. Then Kevin Durant, goes to Madison Square Garden, and shows out in the fourth quarter on the Knicks. In a game that they were trailing by five at one point in that quarter, they ended up winning by 28. How do you do that? Like, how does that happen? How do you get blitzed like that in the fourth quarter? And then they chase it with Klay Thompson breaking the NBA record for three-pointers in Chicago. Hit 14. Broke the record held by his teammate, Steph Curry. The NFL is what it is. Golden Tate got traded. Last episode, I talked about Golden Tate needing to chill with the celebrating before he got to the end zone. Then he gets shipped to Philadelphia after the Lions fall on their face against Seattle. So now he's the Eagles' problem. And the Eagles are either going to absolutely love him. Eagle fans are either going to absolutely love Golden Tate or they're going to hate the ground he walks on. There is no middle ground. I ain't tripping about him being gone because, as you recall, not a big fan of his anyway. That's additions by subtraction in a lot of cases. Owen, oh, apparently the Detroit Pistons aren't very good, and Matt Patricia, who shows up in a in a oversized sweatshirt with an unkempt beard, a baseball cap, and a pencil in his ear, had the nerve to talk to somebody about not looking professional. But I digress. I would love to get into all that. But instead, getting into this with the University of Maryland. Now those of you who followed this show, all you gotta do is go back into the 60s of this episode, episode 62, for example. Being maybe the most obvious one. But I've talked about the issues that have gone on in college football plenty of times. Including surrounding my alma mater, Michigan State University. Because, unlike a lot of people, I ain't afraid to bang on my alma mater when needed. And obviously with the Larry Nasser thing, they definitely needed it. So go back to episodes 62, 63, and 64. It ended up being a three-part thing where I talked about that in great detail. Episode 40. Also hit on it. But Michigan State's not the only one. And I brought that up in previous episodes. They're right in line with a lot of different schools in the Big Ten. Between Indiana and Illinois, Ohio State, and of course the gold standard, Penn State, in terms of just trash humanity. But every school's got something. University of Michigan a few years ago had a kicker out there on the field who'd allegedly raped a girl and they knew it. Oh, don't think. Again, don't think I forgot. Two things remember out here, Pepperidge Farm and Jay Scott Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at J. Scott Smith, J-A-Y-S-C-O-2-T's, S-M-I-T-H. Two schools that have also added to the problem are two schools that I argue shouldn't be in the Big Ten to begin with, and that's Rutgers and Maryland. Aside from the fact that Rutgers and Maryland are two East Coast schools with no connection to the Big Ten prior. And they're nothing more than really an anchor dragging down Big Ten sports. Rutgers more so than Maryland. At least Maryland kind of serves a purpose in basketball. But they're nothing in football. And Rutgers is subhuman in, in football. Rutgers just had a player kicked off their team earlier this week for attempted murder. And the sad thing is, it's not the first time since the Big Ten in their haste to try to somehow become an East Coast conference and gain some foothold in New York City. Yes, I know.
1: New York City! Yeah,
0: they try to gain a foothold in New York City, decided they wanted to admit, of all things, Rutgers into the conference as if suddenly everybody in New York was suddenly going to come clamoring for some Big Ten. But the problem wasn't just them. It's also Maryland. Maryland's an ACC school that, in its haste to try to make a little bit more money, because they were in some financial straits, and the Big Tens greed to try to make a foothold into the East Coast in Washington, D.C., hence why the Big Ten tournament, basketball tournament was actually held in Washington, D.C., and not where it should have been held in either Indianapolis or Chicago or even Detroit. Or, hell, Milwaukee, because, you know, there is the University of Wisconsin to think about. They had it in Washington, D.C. It didn't go well because the East Coasters, I repeat, don't give a shit about the Big Ten. But another problem is that you inherited not just a bad football team, but by all accounts, a pretty awful football program. Again, that's saying something considering we've had Penn State who spent decades covering up for a pedophile coach who molested and sexually assaulted nearly 100 boys. I say that as Michigan State, their football program, our football program has had way too many issues of violence and even sexual violence by its players, and that's not even hitting on Larry Nasser With Ohio State having an assistant coach who beat up his wife, and Irvin Meyer knew it. Seriously, it gets worse. I mentioned Michigan running Brendan Gibbons out there when they knew he had sexually assaulted a woman, and one of their offensive linemen basically threatened her into silence. This takes something for you to end up in that realm. But it's the University of Maryland, as you heard Stephen A. talking about, and everybody knows it by now, they had a problem this week that came to a head. D.J. Durkin, who was once an assistant under Urban Meyer, once an assistant under Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, was fired. Now, initially, that was not the case. We all know the story, or if you've been following this, you know the story of Jordan McNair, the young man who was the offensive lineman who collapsed during a workout back in the spring and died a couple of weeks later. He died of heat stroke. And his death shined a huge spotlight on all the garbage that was going on in that program and how they were treating their players. ESPN reported on this back in August. And over the past several weeks, as I'm going to read from some of this here, two current Maryland players, multiple people close to the football program, and former players and football staffers all spoke to ESPN about the culture under DJ Durkin, who'd only been there two years under DJ Durkin and strength coach Rick Court, who was fired after McNair died. Court was one of the first hires Durkin brought in. And needless to say, as you will hear right here, some of the things just were not good. And they talked about it on ESPN back in August.
3: People wondering what about the head coach, DJ Durkin? Uh, What can you tell us specifically here, Heather, about some of the conditions these players were subjected to?
4: It's just awful, to be quite frank. Um, as you mentioned, Jordan McNair had a temperature of 106 degrees when he was taken to Washington Adventist Hospital, and multiple players, current and former, that Adam Rittenberg, Tom Van Haren, and I have spent months reporting and talking to have told us mainly, most importantly, about a culture of verbal abuse that has just really run rampant throughout the program and instilled a sense of fear throughout this program. I can tell you many players were afraid to talk to us for fear of retribution, From the coaching staff. Um, There have been instances, one player told us that um, he had a a plate of food knocked out of his hand. There's bullying. um, And and it just continues to go back to um, much of it, the allegations against Rick Court, the strength and conditioning coach I mentioned, and just really a history of verbal abuse stemming from um, the way his philosophy is and their head coach, D.J. To
0: kind of further add to this, Some of the things that they were told were, quote, there is a coaching environment based on fear and intimidation. In one example, as she talked about, a player was holding a meal in a meeting and had it slapped out of his hands in front of the team. At other times, small weights and other objects were thrown in the directions of players when court was angry. Then there was belittling and humiliation and embarrassment of players, which was common. A player who coaches wanted to lose weight was forced to eat candy bars as he was made to watch other teammates working out. There was the extreme verbal abuse of players. Players routinely targeted by obscenity-laced rants meant to mock their masculinity. Oh yes, there were gay slurs involved. To mock their masculinity to complete a workout or lift weights. One player was belittled verbally after passing out during a drill. Coaches also endorsed unhealthy eating habits and used food punitively. For example, a player was forced to overeat to the point of vomiting. Like, what the hell is this? There were also stories that while they were eating, Durkin and his coaching staff made guys watch, effectively, torture videos of guys getting their eyeballs drilled out. What the hell is this? Who does this? Regardless of what this guy's record is, regardless of how much he was getting paid, what is this? I played football. And I'm sorry, but nothing was going to motivate me to play harder than simply getting out there and practicing. There ain't nothing about watching a guy get tortured that would make me want to play harder for you. There's nothing about yelling at me, screaming at me, slapping food out of my hands that would make me want to play for you. A former, a former Maryland staff member said, quote, I would never, ever, ever allow my child to be coached there. A second one said that while he's seen and heard coaches curse out players, he'd never been on another coaching staff with this kind of philosophy. Quote, the language is profane and demeaning at times. When you're characterizing people in such derogatory and demeaning terms, particularly if they don't have a skill level you think they need to aspire to or they may never get to, then it's rough to watch and see because if it was your son, you wouldn't want anybody talking to your son that way. If I had a son, well, for one, he wouldn't be playing football. But if I had a son and he ended up playing football, ain't no chance in hell I'm sending him to Maryland. So in the backdrop of all this, and it all comes to a head when a young man Effectively drops dead on your practice field, and your coaching staff drags its ass to help him while they still had half a chance of saving his life. Everybody should have basically been let go. Anybody involved should have been let go. And if you know anything about these college programs, particularly college football programs, the buck stops at the head coach's office, at the head coach's desk. Whether it's Urban Meyer at Ohio State, whether it's Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State, whether it's Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, whether it's Lovie Smith at Illinois, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, it doesn't make a difference who you are. Nick Saban down in Alabama, the buck stops with you. So if you're the head coach presiding over this, you cannot feign plausible deniability and say, I knew nothing or I didn't have any, I couldn't have stopped this. What do you mean? Well, the president of the University of Maryland, Wallace Lowe, wanted him gone. It's a surprise the athletic director didn't get shit-canned, too. But he wanted him gone. The Maryland Board of Regents, effectively, like the... You've seen them in so many different schools. The Board of Regents, all over the place. And they were largely assigned to the Board of Regents by Larry Hogan, the Republican governor of Maryland, appointed a number of them to the Maryland Board of Regents. Somehow along the way... In what unfortunately has become typical of these universities and who knows maybe they saw what happened at Ohio State with Urban Meyer and they just figured hey let's do the same thing with DJ Durkin that despite constant complaints from players and staffers about the culture they released a report saying that culture is not toxic. Quote, the commission found that the Maryland football team did not have a toxic culture, but it did have a culture where problems festered because too many players feared speaking out. That's a toxic culture. That's what happens in toxic relationships. If you can't talk, it makes everything worse. It festers and boils to the surface. That was from a report, mind you, that came from the university system of the Maryland Board of Regents. This was before, of course, the board got out there and not only decided to reinstate Durkin, but had the nerve to wag their finger at people who dared to try to hold Durkin responsible for what was going on in his own goddamn program. It was just so ridiculous to the point where it's like, here it is right here. This is from the now former chair of the Board of Regents. This excellent report provides the board and the people of Maryland a much more complete window into the culture of the football program And Athletics Department. The board also accepts the independent commission's recommendations for reforming the UMCP Athletics Department, including recommendations related to the strength and conditioning program and the adoption of an independent medical model. We will work with the UMCP blah 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 blah. They tried to do for Durkin what was done for Urban Meyer. Let's just go beyond the fact that a kid dies on his watch that they are borderline abusing players in practice. That when the kid collapsed on the field, a coach is screaming, get him the up, and drag his ass off the field. Let's forget all that. DJ Durkin was not a good coach. Maryland football is not a good team. In his two years there, he had a record of 10 and 15. This isn't Urban Meyer with a couple of national championships. And multiple 10-win seasons. Not to say that it's cool to keep him around with all the BS going on in his program. But for you to even do this, for them to bend over backwards, and yes, they've paid Dirk a ton of money, and I'm not sure how that's going to work, but they paid him a ton of money. This guy's 10 and 15, and for you to be willing to essentially side with a guy who allowed a kid to die on the field, allowed a kid to be mistreated, has gotten a multitude of complaints. To reinstate him and then arrogantly say we will not allow him to be scapegoated for what's going on. Yet if that team suddenly rattled off a bunch of wins, he'd get all the credit. But you don't want to give him any of the blame when all this bullshit's going on. You're trying to tell us that we're not supposed to think that he knew any of this was happening. That it took protests from student groups. It took the college Democrats and the college Republicans at the University of Maryland joined forces to protest this. Let me say that one more time, the college Democrats and the college Republicans joined forces. The NAACP, because McNair was black, the NAACP joined up. Hogan himself spoke out against this, but the board of regents was so arrogant, so clueless to this That not only did they keep Durkin, they threatened the job of the school's president. And yes, Wallace Lowe is not perfect in this. He's not without fault in this entire bag of nonsense. But he was the only guy who at least somewhat seemed remorseful. He seemed like he wanted to at least attempt to do the right thing. And instead of Durkin getting fired, they were threatening the president's job for not bringing this guy back. Plus... According to the Washington Post, they were going to bring back the trainers that let that kid die on the field. I've sat here the last few years. The last This entire decade has not been good for the Big Ten. I watched what happened at Penn State and the lack of institutional control that was going on out there in Happy Valley that allowed Joe Paterno to basically operate like a deity despite the fact that he was effectively covering up for a serial pedophile for 30-plus years. I've seen my alma mater get raked rightfully through the coals for allowing a serial predator to roam free for 25 years. I've seen what happened at Ohio State. I've seen Michigan run a kicker onto the field who was alleged to have sexually assaulted a woman while a teammate of his scared her into silence. I've seen Rutgers have multiple dudes get arrested for home invasions and then recently a dude getting popped for trying to have two members of his friend's family killed and now we get to university of Maryland who let a kid dies on your watch dies on the field the worst case scenario for what happens when you send your kid to be a part of a college sports program and not only were they going to let the coach slide, they had the nerve to be chesty about it and wag their finger at you and tell you how dare you criticize him. Protecting this clown as if he's won multiple conference championships, and is this big winner at Maryland? This dude literally is 10 and 15. He's one of the worst conference. He's one of the worst coaches in the Big Ten. The only coaching staff that's conceivably worse are at Illinois and Rutgers. And I can't even tell you the name of the guy who coaches at Rutgers. The University of Maryland looks like complete and thorough dopes because of this. They they became a national embarrassment overnight. This was the biggest layup they could have made. And like their basketball program, which has made tons of layups in its history, this was the biggest layup, wide open layup they could have made. And they pulled up and shot from the elbow and bricked it off the glass and then had the nerve to try to tell everybody that they made the shot. The head of the Board of Regents resigned yesterday. Wallace Lowe is going to retire, but he took great pleasure in firing D.J. Durkin. Michigan State heads out to Maryland to play them this weekend. And I've I've rooted like hell for MSU to smash a lot of teams, but I don't think I've ever rooted as hard for MSU to smash a team as I want them to smash Maryland their arrogance, their short-sightedness, their foolishness, they deserve the buckle. And if it were up to me, the Spartans will deliver that buckle to them. Maryland, do better. And this is coming from a guy who, again, my alma mater, completely screwed the pooch for 25 years with Larry Nasser, And they let that happen. How can you, having seen this happen across the board so many times to so many programs, not just in the Big Ten, how could you possibly side with the coach I mean, how could you possibly recommend he come back and then defend him so so loudly? I could almost see, quote-unquote, recommending he come back or recommending he be reinstated, but at the same time, low-key, you're telling him, yeah, we're going to reinstate you, but you're going to resign. We're going to take care of you. We'll pay you what we owe you, but you got to resign. Now, nope, we're going to double down because that's what people do these days. They double down on the dumb shit. They double down on bad decisions because— making a bad decision loudly somehow is supposed to make it better. And that's not the case at all. And they have to learn this shit the hard way. For God's sake. My name is Jay Scott Smith. Telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pet spayed or neutered. And we are out of here that's it for episode 88. 89 will hopefully be coming within the next week to 10 days i want to thank you for your support of not just the show but of me and everything i do and i'm going to do my damnedest to keep these shows coming as soon as i possibly can but until next time
3: goodbye everybody I don't know what the Board of Regents was thinking in the first place. I don't understand the recommendations because this cannot be framed as, well, a brave stance by the university to not scapegoat someone when it's politically convenient. That's not what was going on here. In fact, the question that jumped to my mind when I saw the recommendation is, wait a minute. If he was a great football coach, we understand how people bend over backwards because, after all, that's what people care about in the sports world. And, and these universities are a part of the sports world. They care about their programs. And if you have a great winning coach, boy, a lot of rationalizations are made for behavior. But that's not what this was. His methods were dubious at best. They weren't producing the results that were desired, right? So what do, do they need money? Are they afraid they can't fire him with cause and they can't recoup that money? And in fact, some of the reporting, yeah, they, the athletic department's in some financial straits. That's the only thing that makes sense to me here because the bottom line is this as a result of your methods and lack of preparedness for, poten- for potential consequences you know a guy gets heat stroke you got to treat him as a result of that there's a dead student athlete Jordan McNair lost his life his father said the regents recommendation felt like he was spat in, it was like a sp- spitting in, in his the stomach punch or spitting in his face i thought he said oh punched in the stomach also maybe Anyway the well. point is that when 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 that look whatever and and the reporting about the culture is not good but even if you want to say it's not a toxic culture there's the death of a student athlete and who is where does the buck stop on the field it has to stop with the head coach
0: you're listening to the people's podcast have you ever been unemployed were you nervous all right this is j s c radio
3: about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded.
2: I heard on the news
0: about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand.
4: I heard on the news about
3: that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head.
2: She killed herself.
3: And later killed the owner of the store he was
2: trying to rob.